0: All right, everyone. Thank you for coming to this Crime Stoppers meeting. Interpol has tasked us with tracking down this wanted criminal known by a number of names. You may know him as Cliffhanger. You may know him as Wolf or Chase or Viduk. Or you may even know him as Edgar de la Cambriole. But I think we all know him most. As Lupon the Third, as we cover an april May, I don't know we haven't named it yet. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show, "The More You Nerd," where this couple of months we are taking a deep dive into one of anime's most famous characters, Arsène Lupin the Third, and all of his various uh, uh, versions that you see. Uh, my name is Drew, but I cannot do this alone. Miles, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing great. I'm ready to buckle in because. We got a, for the better part of this year we got some deep dives planned. Um so get comfy. Uh yeah, so Lupin the 3rd is going to be with us until the end of May. And then we have something uh very fun planned for the summer. Uh <laughs> fun? so
0: I don't know, we'll see. <laughs>
1: I, I I predict it'll be fun. Uh it's it it, it's a huge huge dive and a big roll of the dice for something that neither Drew nor I really have any actual uh, experience with so <laughs> this is gonna go interestingly um but yeah lupin the third is something i think drew you brought up wanting to kind of do a a heavy deep dive and you were you seemed really keen on doing lupin specifically Yes. Do you have much uh, experience with this character? So I
0: don't have a ton of experience with Lupin. So the my first experience with Lupin was some of the the uh, it actually aired on Adult Swim in the early 2000s. Uh, uh, I want to say maybe oh i I'm not sure the specific time frame. We'll talk about that more next week uh, because that's when that sort of kicks off. But I remember watching it and it's. And and Lupin is this master thief character that if you look at him, you've definitely seen him if you are at all interested in anime. I'm fairly certain that the dad in Fully Cooly dresses as Lupin in a particular scene when he's doing one of his big anime deep dives, uh, uh, deep dive conversations like it's a character that's been around since the 1960s. And in a lot of the ways that like we've been talking about Ultraman and Kamen Rider, these long standing you know Mm -hmm. tokusatsu superhero franchises when it came time to to talk about anime this year i felt felt there was nobody better than to go back to the 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 1971 and kind of get involved with this character in the way that we've done for ultraman and common rider
1: yeah i mean i i have a pretty limited interaction with lupin Uh, i i remember seeing castle of cagliostro in high school uh with my high school anime club which was basically me and like five other friends uh (laughs) commandeering the av room for uh one afternoon a week uh just as an excuse to watch anime after school but we did we did watch castle kago show and i remember i remember thinking it was very fun i never i don't think i really knew much about the franchise so i didn't think much of it um and I mean, I, I remember having fun, and then the you know lead-in was, oh yeah, this was done by Hayao Miyazaki before he kind of blew up, and and you can definitely see some of his flourishes in that film. But I mean, I still I still haven't watched that movie since. I remember it being very funny, but I I have so little experience with his character, even though, like you said, because I'm a big anime fan, I I certainly know who he is. I just haven't actively. Watched it. Yeah. And sometimes some of those bigger anime franchises, it's tough for me to want to dive in because it just unlike One Piece where like it's it's ongoing. This seems to have like these breaks and these are complete ideas, and it's a little bit different. So I I just I just never taken the time to actually invest. And so I'm really honestly excited that we're gonna do this dive because I I had a great time this week can tell you that right now
0: (laughs) yeah so the character and we'll do a little backstory uh so in the 1960s we have uh a a creator by the name of masaki osumi uh who would no. no. uh, monkey punch i was gonna get to that known (laughs) professionally as monkey punch (laughs) uh who who, is a great name it's a really interesting name. He tried to to use his his own name and a pseudonym but decided that Monkey Punch was just more intriguing and interesting and you know what it worked. Um but uh he he basically created this this uh, as a manga. Uh so you have Lupin the 3rd. Now this is another one of those things where we as Americans don't often know uh the the history of the character of Arsène Lupin who is a a gentleman Thief uh, it, from the early 1900s written by Maurice LeBlanc. If if you think about like Sherlock Holmes written, you know, around that time as a master detective, uh, Lupin would have been the master thief. And I think at some point they did actually cross over. But the whole idea behind this character is that he is a at the time, modern day master thief, who is a descendant of this original French character uh, who teams up with his crew of people to basically be gentlemen thieves that seem to enjoy the art of thievery more than they do of actually winning any loot and things like that, uh, which is is kind of a fun concept. Um, so alongside Lupin the uh, third, you have Daisuke Jigen, who is a uh he's sort of a, a classic New York gangster who was based on James Coburn of all people. Um and in fact his original voice actor uh was the actor who did uh all the uh Japanese dubs for uh <laughs> for James Coburn, which is funny. That's uh, fun. <laughs> you, you have the femme fatale Fujiko Mine, uh Fujiko whose uh name is a take on the peaks of Mount Fuji which is certainly not (laughs) at all a reference to a part of her anatomy.
1: I mean, the the show makes it pretty clear, pretty immediately where that name's coming from.
0: Yeah, Um, it's uh, Fujiko is actually in the manga was originally A number of different characters that all happened to be named Fujiko, but when they later adapted it, they decided that it was just easier to make it one person who changed their style all the time. So Fujiko is sometimes difficult to to point out in because, again, this is animation from the 70s, uh, sometimes difficult to point out because she has changed quite a bit. Uh, over the years. Uh, you also have a character that doesn't show up a lot in what we watched for today, uh, but you have Goemon Ishikawa. Oh, only in the intro for us. Only in the <laughs> intro. Uh he Goemon Ishikawa the 13th, who is a descendant of the the ancient samurai uh or Goemon Ishikawa, who seems to be, if I could, if I could like paint a very broad American brush stroke on it. Seemed to be kind of a Japanese Robin Hood character uh, yeah. who who would steal from uh, steal steel gold and give it to the poor. Um, uh, Goemon actually started in the manga as a rival to Lupin and then became part of his crew. Uh, and well, and, and again, we kind of skipped all the Goemon stuff in this, in the first part because he shows up about midway through and is kind of, even amongst all of the crew, he's kind of an on again, off again, uh, member because he's got his own stuff going on. Uh, and of course they are always chased by inspector Zenigata Koichi Zenigata, who is the descendant of an, another Japanese figure, uh, Heiji Zinagata, who I had to look this up because this is something I did not know, um, was known for throwing coins at at bad guys that he was gonna catch and capturing them that way. And that was and and that is why you always see Zinagata in Lupin the Third throwing handcuffs. It's a reference to the throwing coins thing. Hmm. Um but basically we have kind of just a series of 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 episodes based on just different points in the the life and crimes of Lupin the 3rd and his crew
1: yeah and i mean this this is especially part 1 and some of the films that come afterwards are monumentally influential not just to japanese animation but to animators in general a lot of the disney pixar folks saw Castle of Cagliostra before the Disney Renaissance. And many, I don't I, know John Lasser, I think has talked about being very influenced by this film. I mean, uh, and Miyazaki in general as well. has said that, you know, Lupin was a heavy influence on his work. And honestly, this is a prototype for Cowboy bebop. And in a lot of ways it, it really is. I mean, it I mean, is... Lupin is Spike. Jigen is, um, uh jet uh fujiko is obviously (laughs) Faye. you know you've got some some things that are like oh yeah i see the archetypes here and and that's not me saying oh yeah this is a ripoff i'm just saying no this is this heavily influences where cowboy kind of gets its starting point i feel like and it's really really kind of interesting both as a fan of of anime and nerd culture to kind of see something so influential with kind of blinders on, you know,
0: it's it's really kind of neat to do it that way. Like I had uh, just because like, again, this is an old enough thing where. If you see one episode of of the show that kind of encapsulates all of these different characters, you kind of have a good idea of what the show is going to be like. But even when we have like of the five episodes that we chose today that we kind of chose not at random, but just a a little like kind of this one, this one, this one, this one. Uh, It is very interesting to see where this show goes. Uh, And so I say let's let's jump into it. Let's jump into part one, episode one. Is Lupin burning?
1: Yeah, so uh, immediately we get kind of a a crazy sort of James Bondy plot here. Because, you know, we're, we're given no context to who Lupin is, but apparently he has run afoul of this organization called Scorpion
0: and they are set up like you are going to see Scorpion all the time in this show. And you really (laughs) don't at least in anything we've anything else we've seen. I
1: I think it definitely was that kind of bomb pasties where you have like Spectre or something like where we've got this group and they're, they're functioning the same way. And, you know, I know it's noted that like initially Lupin was kind of the first animated series in Japan to specifically target adult audience. And that is, really apparent from the get-go, not just because of um, flashing (laughs) Fujiko's uh, chest, but the dialogue and the way the story is told feels very specifically geared towards an adult audience. Yeah. so There there is a a very dry pacing. Just to
0: give you kind of a log line of what's going on, uh, Lupin is about to participate in this race that unbeknownst to him or so we think scorpion has set up so that they can kill lupin uh and you have uh, this mr x who is the head of scorpion that's orchestrating all these things meanwhile fujiko gets captured uh because of this and that and lupin and jigen have this whole plan about how they're gonna get it gonna get around and really the whole idea of this is just the big swap out of in the middle where we learned that not only is Lupin a master race car driver with a super powerful car, Jigen is also a master race car driver with an identical car that they swap out in the middle of the race so Lupin can go and save Fujiko and beat Mr. X and take down Scorpion. And it it's, it's just kind of a fun thing. Um, if I could say this, though, it is something that I feel like it's definitely this is definitely a first episode and Mm -hmm. based on what we have seen later, I feel like this episode, if it was redone later would be a lot more fun,
1: a lot zanier, a lot more clever. I I like the drier approach because it definitely tells me what I'm getting into is, Oh, this is, this is not speed racer. This is not, this is not Johnny quest. This is not some sort of, um, I don't know. It it definitely gave me an air of this is geared towards adults. This is yes, it's an animated adventure, but you are in for something different. And and the first, I would say the first several episodes of this show definitely follow that darker line, which I really enjoyed. I mean, I certainly like where it goes as well, but I I liked moments where like Lupin is a little serious and the stories have some legitimate stakes and I mean the 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 episode where he gets arrested.
0: Well, that's well that's that's the next one. Uh realmart. Yeah, but uh but the 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 next the 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 something I love about this episode is that there's no real reason for Zenigata the Interpol detectives inagata to be in this in this episode, but having well, so him
1: they give us the context that he knows who Lupin is and he knows that Lupin's there. And so he just assumes that Lupin's there for no good reason.
0: And he's going to capture him because that's his goal is to capture Lupin. And uh,
1: uh Lupin even says I haven't done anything. Yeah. Exactly. Until until cars start exploding. <laughs> but he
0: he pops out. Uh so we'll we'll jump into the next episode cuz this is kind of one of uh, this is episode 4, one chance for a prison break. And this is something that I really this i would have expected this to be like way later in the season uh, cuz this feels like a, a an episode that you that you show when you're a lot more familiar with the characters uh so this episode opens with lupin uh fujiko and uh and gigan trying to 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 do a heist in this quarry of this uh of this treasure chest and uh Lupin ends up being captured and being sent to prison, awaiting his execution, basically. Uh, Meanwhile, all all the while, Fujiko keeps trying to go and break Lupin out, but Jigen keeps stopping Fujiko from from breaking him out, saying that if Lupin could get out at any time, there's got to be a reason that he's staying in there. There's got to be a reason that he is uh that that he is uh 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 in there and 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 doing all this and and this is this is kind of an interesting character episode
1: for for lupin well and not just lupin even i mean it's for everyone because i mean we, we find out that the inspector is like wanting lupin to do something like you you really find out that he he needs lupin i mean it's that batman kind of thing where the joker always says oh you need me uh, although I've never believed him, but this in this situation, yes. Like, he's like, no, that my whole life's purpose is to catch this guy, and once I have, I've got nothing to do. And, and he's th- waiting the entire time, like, for Lupin to do something. Because he's not not he- because he wants to catch him doing something. He wants Lupin to do something.
0: Because Lupin is not to do- he's not fulfilling his part of the bargain because he's just kind of sitting in his cell being you
1: know a sad sack basically and on the flip side you have uh fujiko who keeps trying to rescue him and it's like he keeps shooting her literally shooting her down yeah <laughs> she's in several she, dangerous ways but
0: i love the escalation of that the first time fujiko goes she uses like a a, a rope and grappling hook and she uses one bullet to shoot the rope to to knock her down and the next <laughs> time she uses a ladder a ladder truck And Jiggen (laughs) uses a machine gun to shoot, to just break the ladder. And then she goes in a helicopter.
1: (laughs) By the way, no one in the prison seems to notice any of this at all. (laughs) You would think an exploding helicopter, people shooting at the walls, might catch the notice of anyone at all. And nope. (laughs) Um... And and we basically come to find out that the main reason Lupin has not really made any effort to escape was mostly his pride got hurt. He got embarrassed from the way he got caught, and yeah. he he wanted he wanted to inflict the same thing on his nemesis. And that same he wanted Zenigata to feel that same like I've almost got it and I've failed. And and when Lupin does
0: finally escape uh, after a year on the day of his execution, you see kind of a smile on Zenigata's face as he realizes, Mm -hmm. ah, he's back. He's finally doing something. We can continue this game that we have both grown to to play.
1: The the only thing that caught me off really off guard from that episode, like the stuff was, um, Fujiko was 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 fun. It was very very funny, but. The the one thing that kind of got me off is. Lupin's fingernail.
0: Yeah, like kind of
1: like a razor and like so he was able to shave himself and then used it as a weapon, like threatening to slit a guy's throat. (laughs) It was a little weird. I was like, I was like, this took a weird turn. Like, I don't mind like the (laughs) movements, but it's just like, Oh, this, this is the way we're going. I was like, I, you could have gone any which way. And (laughs) you, you, you chose the wildest one.
0: (laughs) So it it is important to note after this episode. uh, So the, the creator of the manga monkey punch directed the first several episodes of the show, but the show was not doing particularly well. And, Part of that was because Monkey Punch refused to alter the show to fit a broader audience. The manga itself was even darker than what we see in these first episodes. There was a lot of senseless violence. There was a lot of sex. There was a lot of of other stuff going on. And there's a little bit of that fun, but it's not quite where you expect where where if you've been along, you know, somebody that has watched more recent loop and stuff, it feels different because of that. Uh, and because he refused to change the show and and alter it, uh, he got fired from the show. And so the next few episodes in that season of which were, there weren't too many more. Uh, we directed by a number of people, including Hayao Miyazaki wh- that that we talked about previously, you know, uh, the director of things like My Neighbor Totoro and uh, Castle in the Sky Laputa and Ponyo and uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, you know, Studio Ghibli, that whole gang. Uh, and so the the next three episodes are actually all episodes that were directed and co-directed by Miyazaki, and they were ones that were at, actually featured in uh, museum exhibits about Miyazaki in Japan, um, at, for for a time. And this is where you really start to see a different side of Lupin, especially when it comes to episode eleven, when the seventh bridge falls. Uh, the The setup of this episode is that Zenigata is tracking lupin because he because he has supposedly been bombing these bridges in this town uh but lupin hasn't been doing it and he and Jigen uh go to the town to try to figure out who is using lupin's name to cause this havoc and figure out what's going on uh and and miles what you think about this episode
1: i thought it was pretty fun i mean the the thing is you know a lot of people talk about how the, the show does lose some of his darkness, but this one kind of maintained it for me because it,
0: but it maintains it, but it maintains it in
1: a different
0: way. Th- this this episode does involve Lupin killing a person, which doesn't happen that often, but he kills a person in defense of someone else. And that is a that is a marked change in the character from this point forward.
1: I mean, I, I, I mean, because we didn't watch, you know, all prior episodes, it's hard to see how much change. Because, I mean, I could also see, like, if there's a, a girl involved, he seems to be down to clown.
0: Yeah. And so, interestingly, Fujiko does not appear in this episode. This is the first uh, episode she does not appear in.
1: I was waiting for her to be revealed as Fujiko like, <laughs> the entire time. I, I was did, waiting I, for, like, I, some, some switch. I did, too, to be honest, but... <laughs> But no, I like this story. I mean, it, it feels, it feels very British, for some reason. Like, it feels like it'd be an episode of, I mean, or I think like a James Bond type plot, or like an episode of, for whatever reason, I was thinking of uh, the Prisoner.
0: Interestingly, like, I believe they name check James Bond in this episode as
1: well. <laughs> they do. There, there is. I think it's a fun plot story. I I do find it um I mean some of the the traps and stuff do feel like very 60s cartoonish spy stuff. I mean you've got the giant saw that he, that the guy threatens to cut uh Lisa yeah. in half. So with- so the
0: the bomber is basically just to, to kind of set the expectation. He he has started blowing up the, all these bridges because he knows that there's a bank in this city that travels a certain route and he knows that if he blows up all the bridges it has to travel this one particular route that he can then go and rob it. And he, he forces Jigen and Lupin to rob the, the armored car by kidnapping and threatening to kill this girl, Lisa, uh, as, as part of this. And, and even Jigen and and Lupin at the time realize, even if they, you know, even if they do this job, he's still going to not only kill Lupin and Jigen, but he's going to kill Lisa just to cover all of his tracks. And it's a really interesting kind of play on this and to see how that kind of comes out to the end. And you have this fantastic moment at the end of this episode where Lupin is basically, uh, uh, water skiing on this board behind this, you know, they, they perform, they perform the, the job and it's kind of goofy and silly how they, they steal the armored car. But you've got this, but but you know, Lupin has turned over the money only to discover that the bomber has kept has kept Lisa and 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 continue to kidnap her. So he chases after him and he he gets on the you know, he's the he is riding a piece of wood from the dock while the 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 bomber is is drive, you know, driving this boat out to sea. And he's you know the bomber shooting at Lupin and and it's just the dodging and dodging and you just see Lupin who is handcuffed because Zenigata gets involved, uh, basically using his his mouth to cock his gun. And then you see this really iconic, interesting, like him aiming the gun, but from like his perspective, like the perspective of his what what would it be like his his neck or his chest and just taking one shot. And you see the bomber fly backwards uh, in in mm-hmm. the distance, and it's just it's such a cool shot. It's such a cool uh, it's, thing.
1: It's exceptionally well animated. I mean, this show in general is exceptionally well animated. There's a lot of really cool, um, especially in that first episode where you see all the all the uh, race cars and all the engines and stuff. It's just in that style that I really like. Yeah, um, that specific 70s like anime style. It's just really really nice. Um, Yeah, I really like how this episode plays out because it is it is a balance of like there's this I mean, because the old guy is really sinister and like you you always get kind of a grody vibe from him. And then you'll have Lupin doing some antics and then being involved in like it's almost like involving. A hyperactive child in a very serious story, (laughs) (laughs) like like if it hadn't been for Lupin, if this was like any other serious like action character or whatever this could be a very this This could be an episode of freaking 24 you yeah. know and I, I, I but the one that took me out of this particular episode where is when the guy starts bragging I've been planning this for years and I'm like really this plan <laughs> this, this plan right here you've been planning for years like it, it seems like you could have put this together by the time you finished your brandy like this is not a complicated plan <laughs> um but but otherwise i i thought it was really fun um i i like when there's an effort to not necessarily kind of out out fox lupin but definitely to put him out of sorts and so that he's not just like this unflappable hero that there is some things that do happen and i I would have even imagined he didn't want to have to kill that person you know yeah he uh, seems from, from to do based it based what we know
0: he seems to do it somewhat begrudgingly but knows that if he doesn't he's gonna kill
1: lisa right i mean because they hold that shot on him aiming for a while it's not just him going ow. i mean they they hold it he's thinking about what he's going to be doing
0: and he's and, and he knows that he's got to make that shot count which is another mm-hmm. just i i like that i like that episode quite a bit it was really really i, I, did, interesting. I did too
1: I, th- I thought it was very, very good. Um, I mean, honestly, I I didn't dislike any single episode that we watched.
0: I, I didn't either, which is I mean, that's easy when it's five episodes.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it just it it definitely because we watched a kind of a breadth. I was like, OK, so this no matter how the tone changes, this show kind of maintains its quality. And even when it does something kind of a classical thief story like the next episode, i had a great time because i'm I'm just constantly wondering all right what's lupin gonna do next so this this next episode episode 14
0: the emerald secret is if i was to describe what i know about lupin the third this would be the kind of thing that i would mm-hmm. describe So
1: Uh, 100%. So
0: so the idea behind this episode is that there is a famous actress named Catherine Martin, the queen of Hollywood, who is getting married on a yacht. And she has in her possession a very uh, uh, famous, uh, famous emerald called the Eye of the Nile. And she has been and, and unbeknownst to Lupin, who is going to try to steal the Eye of the Nile, Fujiko is already on the boat having infiltrated uh, Catherine's uh, staff to also try to steal the eye of the Nile because Mm -hmm. because this sets up a a wonderful dynamic between Fujiko and Lupin because and and again, this may have shown up in prior episodes, but they weren't in the episodes that we saw. Uh, Fujiko is definitely a character who is on her own terms most of the time, and though she allies with Lupin. A lot she also betrays lupin <laughs> just about I mean, as much again, just like Faye. <laughs> yeah so uh and 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 it's just sort of a, a a bunch of hijinks as lupin and fujiko try to steal this emerald zenigata is also there because he knows that this emerald exists and therefore lupin's gonna try to steal it uh you have you know lupin in costume he's pretending to be this count uh neeple which i thought was a a a dirty reference until i realized that it was just lupin spelled backwards Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh it just it's it's so much fun you have the 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 catherine the the actress has multiple fake copies of the eye of the Nile, but she knows where the real one is and just the reveal of where the, uh, where the Emerald actually is, is, is super fun. Uh, it's, it's zany. There's, there's, you know, all the costumes, all the, the, you know, fancy finery. It's one of these things that I would love to see a newer version of this just to really, uh, you know, play it up
1: kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I just I enjoy the kind of classic caper aspect of it. And I mean it it starts off like very silly with Lupin hiding in a cake and <laughs> and, and getting almost stabbed getting by the Negata. <laughs> um and then and then you have the twist where the the woman who's holding the party expected Lupin there and expected other people to try to steal it because she's so bored of high society and this was fun for her
0: yeah and i really like that and twist. Even, like even her husband that she's getting married to is just so dull
1: <laughs> in this right in this episode. And I, the, what's great is before they ever say anything they really they do like show you with her eyes that he knows what's going on yeah and i really enjoyed that little twist because i mean then Now Lupin and uh, Fujiko are looking for this this stone and they're kind of being played with by by Catherine, uh, the woman who's hosting this whole thing. But it's just, oh, gosh, it's so much fun. And. I don't know, like it's it's a super low stakes episode, but that the fact that they can play with low stakes and make it this fun just kind of. Gives you an idea of how high of a quality this this franchise starts out as.
0: (laughs) Uh, Interestingly, I'm trying to figure out who the the actress in in this is because. She's credited as Catherine, but she's also apparently credited as uh, Fujiko, which makes me wonder if she is the actress for Fujiko in season two. I'm gonna have to look that up. I don't know. Anyway. Um, uh, but I guess that takes us to our final episode, uh, episode 19 of of part one, which again only ran for 23 episodes, so not not that many. And this one uh this is another uh, Miyazaki directed episode, but this is one that I thought was interesting because it actually features a character from the Lupin. French stories backstory, Inspector Ganimard the third, the grandson of the original Arsene Lupin's uh grandfather, uh and and kind of uh some of the only references we really get to to Lupin's history, if you will, because we don't really know a ton about it uh outside right. of what they've said. Um, basically, there is a French celebration in japan uh and inspector ganimard is bringing all of these uh arsene lupin treasures that were were captured and challenges publicly lupin the third to steal them uh to get them back and of course lupin being the master thief he is decides well of course i'm going to get my grandfather stuff back i'm also going to beat inspector ganimard uh who you know my my grandfather also uh you know battled all the time uh and and this is just sort of an an, an escalation and one of the favorite things i like about this is that gynemard and zinigata really like each other at first <laughs> until the first failure yeah. of their uh, of their uh their uh, their, team their up. pairing their team up and then they start to <laughs> they start to uh uh be competitive with each other to see who can be the first to capture Lupin in a very fun, uh fun capacity.
1: Yeah, this this one's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and I also like the the kind of them playing with you, where where Lupin's like, I don't want to get involved anymore. I'm done. And. It, it, this one ends in an odd fashion.
0: It really does. So you have, so you have uh, all of these items that are under super lock and key that are under machine gun and laser gun <laughs> capture right. that Lupin knows he can't get to. And, uh, I believe even Zenigata says this, <laughs> this isn't uh security. This is just <laughs> abusing the taxpayers because who was who all, who all is paying for this. Um, uh, but but Lupin seems kind of for parts of this episode, just kind of like eh, he's just eating beans, just just eating beans, hanging out. Uh, uh, Jigen and Fujiko have a heist, but they learn that the what they have stolen uh, is not, you know, it's not real, is not going to work. They get, you know, almost captured themselves and, and all this stuff. And that is when Lupin comes up suddenly because they capture these these crates that are being moved early. And, oh, the crates are filled with police officers. That's how they were going to capture them. But that that's what gives Lupin his really weird idea uh, where they basically <laughs> <laughs> at this French festival, they set up a booth asking if anyone speaks French and guaranteeing that you're going to be on the news for all of your family to be able to see you on the news. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite lines in this is, uh they have this big warehouse full of people and fujiko asks has anybody ever participated in a riot please raise your hands <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of people <laughs> raise their hands which is i'm sure a reference to something but i don't know what but it was it was very funny uh but you have uh Ganimard and and Zinigata being distracted by all of these Lupuns showing up all around the city and all around the parade uh just overwhelming them with all of these Lupin the thirds meanwhile uh Lupin himself uh dresses up like a police officer and just walks right in and takes everything uh and uh including a statue of his grandfather that he carries out on his back in in kind of a fun fun way. Lupin's winning the day uh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I, it it's such a short, I, I guess they're pressed for time or, or something, but it's it's a really, really fun uh, little twist. I. It, it kind of felt a little a little cheap of all the endings that we got, it felt like the cheapest. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but I mean, it's still it's very, very fun. It's fun to see Lupin kind of get a little flustered because he wants his grandfather's stuff. This um, this does
0: have a zaniness to it that I feel like we're gonna see later on. Oh, in I the mean show.
1: the 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 entire army of Lupins was. I mean that that scene in of itself is a masterstroke, and it's animated superbly. Yeah, um, that's one thing we haven't talked enough about is, I mean, the quality of animation that we're getting is honestly extremely high. It's not what I would expect from a regular television show from this time period
0: 1971 they're making the show and every time you see a close-up of a hand on screen which is fairly often because they're always pointing at a map or something like that everything is furry they Mm -hmm. animate so much body hair in this show Mm
1: -hmm. yeah they do it's so weird but i i i i um i have to say i it I, I wish I had, I wish I had watched this more when I was younger. Like when I, especially when I had more time. Yeah, for because sure. I, I really, I really think I would have loved it. I mean, I like, I liked what, what I saw of Cac- Castle C- uh when I did watch it. And I'm looking forward to watching that again in the future. But yeah, I mean, I think any, any way you mix it, you know, we, we chose, uh, well, Drew chose uh, the, the, these batches of episodes. I think, Heavily because several were done by Hayao Miyazaki. Yes. But I also feel like if you had chosen any five episodes, you would have likely had a similarly fun time. I think so. Um, this, this show is an absolute blast. And
0: we are only scratching the surface. So let's talk about next week. Uh, so, yeah. Miles, uh, what can you tell me about Lupin's costume? His 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 outfit in in this
1: uh, in this show. So he does have a very colorful jacket that he wears as as far as I know. In fact, it, honestly, it wasn't until we started doing this thing that I didn't know that it changes every every like season.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing about Lupin the third is that his eras are based on what color of jacket he is wearing. And part one. Uh, with with uh, 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 there are a couple notable exceptions to this of uh, a part Apparently one some is some colors come back yeah they do but but there's also when they make movies later the movies are based around the times when he would have been wearing that particular jacket so you know, mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about that a little bit in a couple of weeks uh, so we're going to say goodbye to the green jacket And say hello to the Red Jacket as we move from Lupin the Third Part One into Lupin the Third Part Two. Part Two is a couple of years later. Uh, And unlike Part One, where it only had 23 episodes, Part Two has 155 episodes, if I remember correctly. Uh, It (coughs) is... Uh, it is it was a much more popular series. Yes, it ran from 1977 to 1980. So we're we're not quite a decade later from the start of this. Um, but this is really the show that when when I think a lot of people think about Lupin the third back in the day, they're thinking about part two. Uh, this is where you have. Uh, a number of of very iconic episodes and moments. This is also where you have Miyazaki directing his final pieces of the series. Uh, But this is also coincidentally the, the, the first part that was uh, modern contemporarily uh, translated into English. And that is going to affect the episodes that we watch for next week. So there are four seasons of, Loop in the third part two, because we don't have enough time to cover all of that. We have r- not so randomly chosen four episodes for next week. One from each season with one little bit of spice. So we are going to be watching episode season one, episode one, season two, episode 30 season three, episode 58 and season four, episode 145. So that's episodes one 30, 58 and one forty five. But we have an interesting wrinkle that I am interested to tackle uh, personally. And that because this show was translated into English and dubbed for, for America, specifically for adult swim, they were tasked with kind of updating some of the dialogue in the show to fit that audience. And so we are also going to watch season one, episode one, in its dubbed form, just to see what it feels like, because this is that this is actually my first exposure to like back in the day, this was my first exposure to Loop in the third, and where I fell in love with it, watching Adult Swim at you know twelve thirty at night were these hilarious loop in the third dubs knowing that when they reference something that they would not have referenced in the seventies, that something was off and just to see kind of what that experience watching the original versus watching the more modern dub is. Uh, so that's episode season one, episode one dub and sub episode 30 episode 58 and episode one forty-five. 45. Uh, and that is where we are going to end it here tonight, Gang. I hope you have had fun and I hope you're ready for more loop in the third because we have a lot more jacket colors to get through uh, before the end of things here. Uh, so if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at the nerd.com. You can tweet to us at the nerd, you can go to facebook.com/slash you nerd, and you can email us you nerd at gmail.com. That's themoreunerd at gmail.com. And until then, we end the show as we always do with a rousing. NERD OUT